Look, I know that um, you're in a series of messages called Kingdom Culture, and so I believe that my message will fit very much in with that today. So the title of my message today is All In. All In. So I hope you're taking notes, because uh, notes are for your benefit, not for mine. And so uh, I know that when I take notes, it works for me so much better. You know, Hillsong United have a song called As You Find Me. You know, it's a beautiful song, but there's a section in the song that goes like this. If you want my heart, I won't second guess, because I need your love more than anything. I'm in. I'm yours. Your love's too good to leave me here. Your love's too good to leave me here. You know, every time I sing this song, it wrecks me. And, you know, I can't help but get emotional because I know how true this statement is as, as I've experienced it in my life. You know what? God wants our hearts. He really does. And we, we need his love. And God loves us too much to leave us here, leave you here where you are right at this point. His plans for you are incredible, are incredible. But the real point I want to make is it's our decision. It's our choice, firstly, to accept Jesus as Savior, obviously. But what is this song really inferring to when it says, I'm in, I'm yours? Well, I believe it's a declaration of I'm all in, I'm all in. Yes, I know some of you are already asking in your head, is there a difference? Can I tell you? Yes, yes. Unfortunately for so many Christians, you know, what they have is what I call fire insurance. They're safe from the fires of hell and no doubt will be going to heaven. But their life here on earth isn't all that God has planned for them because they won't make the choice to go all in. Now, I want to give you a shameless plug for my new book. Here it is here. What's the title of it? Kingdom Builders. But it's a subtitle that I want to speak to you today about. How to live an all-in life. An all-in life that turns vision into reality. You know, Pastor Justin, Pastor Justin has a vision which he shared with you, and I know, I know a big part of it that is buying this new building, and that's so exciting, so exciting. And so, you know, let's get behind that vision and make it a reality. Make it a reality. Except, this is what I know. It's the pastor's job to set the vision, but it's us kingdom builders, us as the congregation. We set the pace for how quick that vision becomes reality. So what does all in look like? If you've ever heard me speak at all, you know my my favorite scripture is Matthew 6, verse 33. How's it go? But seek first, not second, not third, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all, not some, not a few, not the occasional, all these things will be added to you. You know, quite plainly, this verse is stating that when we put God first in everything, then you can have the all. You can have the all. 
We decide what the all is. God's got no problem with you having the all. You know that. As long as the all doesn't have you. Hence, why we need to put God first. How simple is that? Very simple. I didn't say it was easy. I said it was simple. To actually put God first in everything in our lives is difficult. (laughs) That's why I said it's a choice. And this is why, unfortunately, most Christians don't make this choice. But if they only realized if they did, (laughs) then God would bless them with the all as the promise in the verse states. So this is what I know. Every Christian wants the all. Everybody wants the all. But everyone, okay, but not everyone, wants to surrender everything to God. I mean, how can you expect 100% from God if you're only 75% in? And this is why so many Christians are living unfulfilled lives, and it's their choices, their choices, not God, who's restricting the blessings. Huh. I know, is that, is that a bit harsh, Andrew? Well, the truth can be a bit harsh at times. But there's nothing more true than God's word. And his promises are true for everyone. Okay? For everyone. There's no fine print. Doesn't doesn't classify, doesn't kill anybody out. Okay? Ugly Aussies, Americans, anybody. Okay? If we decide to trust God and go all in. So remember the last, long in that, last line in that song? Your love... Too good. Your love's too good to leave me here. God so loves you. His plans for you are incredible. What does Ephesians 3.20 say? God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Is that the most craziest promise? I used to think that this verse was just a little bit too over the top. You know, really, God? more than I can imagine in my wildest dreams. Can I tell you, my wife and I have experienced that verse many times in the last 24 years. But can I tell you what was the trigger? What did we do that we didn't do in the previous 31 years of my life? Well, we just finally made the decision to move from in to all in. In to all in. You know, we finally said, we're sick of trusting in ourselves and decided to trust in God 100%. We said, we're going to trust you, God, 100% or not at all. I I clearly remember saying to my wife, you know what? We're going to go all in. We're going to go all in for God. And if this doesn't work, we're all out the door. (laughs) You know, here I am 24 years later. Can I tell you, I'm more all in than I was 24 years ago. Why? I've seen God work in my life. I can tell you now, we serve a trustworthy God. You know, Revelation 3.15, you don't hear this verse spoken much of a church, but it's, it's because it's pretty full on. It says, I know your deeds. You are neither hot or cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Whoa. Well, those are dangerous words. That's a dangerous statement. You know, the devil, see, the devil thought he had you contained living a half-baked Christian life, one that's not a threat to him and his evil ways. 
Who do you are? Who do you think you are making statements like this? Oh, I don't know about you, but I've decided to believe that the Bible is truth. What a statement. Every Christian, every Christian would agree that the Bible is true. So why aren't they living according to God's promises? Really? What's stopping them from going all in? It's just fear. Just fear. You know, fear, though, is a lack of trust, of belief that God's word is true. See, it's really simple. If you believe that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross, then you should never be fearful of another thing. Can I repeat that for you again? If you believe that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross, then you should never be fearful of another thing. Big statement, but it's true. See, do you know that fear and faith are the same emotion? Just one's positive, the other negative. See, fear says, yeah, but Andrew, what if that happens tomorrow? Faith says, yeah, but Andrew, what if that happens tomorrow? (laughs) Same exact words, but a different attitude, a different belief, a decision to trust God. Wow, it can't be that simple, can it? Ah, yes, it is. (laughs) It's that simple. Not easy, but so worth it. So worth it. Can I tell you, it's so worth it. When you live a all-in life, a life on purpose, on mission for God, there's nothing more exciting and fulfilling. Once I decided to go all in for God, my life changed dramatically. See, 24 years ago, you know, before when we finally decided to trust God, I'd previously before that, I'd been a, a workaholic and I relied totally, totally on me. And uh, it wasn't until one night when I came home from work one day, my, my wife said to me, you know, Andrew, I'm a single mother with three kids. And we got in an argument over that statement, but in the end, I had to agree with she was right. I was never there. I was failing as, my, as a husband. I was failing as a father. I was failing in my health. Everything. But you know what? I made a decision to 100% trust in God. Not 85%, not even 90%, 100%. Go all in. Well, I'll tell you what, when I did that, our lives changed forever. See, this was the exact same time that Pastor Brian Houston came up with the idea of kingdom builders. I know you guys call it the visioneering team. I think that's a great name, visioneering. Because it's all about getting behind the pastor's vision. And, uh, you know, I, I'd been praying for three weeks to find my purpose. And it was on that last weekend that Pastor Brian came up with that concept. And I knew, like I knew straight away, this is who I am. See, the visioneering team, they're just a group of people who've decided to go all in for God. And one of the consequences, one of the consequences of that is that God has promised to bless them to be a blessing. And so this is when I found out my purpose was to finance the kingdom. Now it's a long story and it would take me over half an hour to explain my full, my full uh, testimony. But I've got to tell you, it was nothing short of miraculous. Nothing short of miraculous. See, 
I, I thought that I, my wife and I, we thought we were generous people because we'd been tithers all our life. <laughs> but you know, how many know that tithing's not giving? Tithing's just bringing you back to God what's already his. Giving starts after that. And for us, 24 years ago, you know, um, it was a $5,000 minimum to be a, to be a kingdom builder, you know, visioneering team there. And wow, scariest thing I ever did because, you know, we'd never sacrificially given over and over above our tithes before. And so it was an enormous step for us. I say it was the hardest thing I'd ever done to that point. It's still actually the hardest thing I've ever done because, you know, I kind of, I came to realize that, you know, that it was, it really was taking that faith step, taking that faith step. And, you know, um, we, we gave that $5,000 and it was so unreal at the end of writing that $5,000 checkout to realize, wow, God really came through when we took that faith step. I remember saying to my wife, you want to go up and do this again? She said, yep, totally. One year later, in, in, in our in our total our, our miracle offering, we gave another, we gave fifteen thousand. You know, we trebled what we'd given the time before. And what I realised was, hmm, this is amazing. The same faith last year we give five thousand. Here we are, we've given fifteen, trebled it. You know, within two years, we wrote a check for eighty thousand dollars. Another two years after that, two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Now I'm starting to really realise, you know what, this trusting God stuff works. You know, I'd, I'd worked for 31, you know, I mean, 31 years old. I'd worked for the last 10 years before as an absolute workaholic and was failing in every area of my life. And here I was a few short years later trusting God and we're writing $240,000 checks. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, from that first check of 5000 only eight years later, we wrote a check for a million dollars. Now, here's, here's what's the amazing part. It was exactly the same faith. The same faith to give 5000 Here we were writing a check for a million dollars. Now, was that easy? No. But it all came from deciding to go all in and trust God enough to take that faith step. You know, you took a faith step today to, to listen to me today. You had no, no idea who was going to speak and what I was going to speak on today. That's all a faith that really is. If you knew where a faith that was taking you, there'd be no faith required, true? The devil has sold Christians the lie that a faith step is a giant leap of a fiery building over a gorge full of crocodiles, and if I don't make it, I'll die. It's just a lie. God just says, take the faith step. Look at my own story. Here I was giving $5,000, scariest thing I'd ever done, year one, and yet only eight years later we were given a million dollars? Crazy, crazy. But see, if God had shown me back at year one what I had to go through over the next eight years, I probably would have quit. But he didn't. God's wiser than me. He said, Andrew, just take another faith step and another and another and another and over hundreds and probably thousands of small little faith steps. Not four years, not six years, not seven years. Eight years later, with exactly the same faith to write a $5,000 check, we're able to write a million dollar check. See, over that time, you know, I had matured. I'd got wiser. 
My godly confidence had grown more. And importantly, God could now trust me. (laughs) He could now trust me. I'd shown I could be faithful in the little, and so he allowed me to be faithful in the much. But it all started. It all started by making a decision to go all in for God and to take that faith step. Can I tell you, when, when I... When I found that my purpose in life was to finance the kingdom, yeah, I've never, I've never worked another day in my life. <laughs> everything, everything I do now was for God. So, you know, Mondays, I, I like to spend Mondays with my wife. And we do whatever my wife wants to do. Why? When I do that, I'm on purpose. Why? Because I'm building a stronger marriage. Marriage now for me is very central. Obviously, it wasn't as much when it should have been. Wednesdays, I like to spend as much time as I can with my grandkids. We've got three grandkids now. I wasn't around for my kids when they were younger. Very stupid. But now I'm on purpose for God. Why? Because I'm building for the generations, for the future. You know, so whether I'm on one of my building sites or in my office or speaking behind the pulpit or on a video screen to you today, I'm on purpose for God. How do I know that? Well, see, I'm asking God's will for my life every day. I'm asking for God to guide my path. I'm asking for God to give me wisdom. And I'm always asking for God to give me favour with man. I know I have favour with him. I want favour with man. I'm no longer asking for my will. I'm no longer telling God which path I think I should be going down. And I'm certainly no no longer relying on my own intelligence. I'm also no longer asking for miracles to get me out of the mess I'm in. I want blessings to come out of left field to blow my socks off. So let me ask you, what's your purpose? See, 24 years ago when I found my purpose was to finance the kingdom, so since then I've just decided to go all in with God. So why am I I here speaking to you today? I'm not speaking to you today for me. I'm here for you. If this was about me, I wouldn't be recording this. I'd be at the beach surfing and just playing with my grandkids. But the problem is this. I know too much. See, I know too much. If I didn't listen to God's calling on my life, that would be selfish of me. But you see, there's a real cost to putting God first. And for some people, that cost is just too much. Can I tell you? The cost that Jesus went through for you and I? Wow. He gave his life for you. So really? Cost compared to what? I stand before you today in this video to tell you the cost is worth it, people. The cost is worth it. For me to see people, strangers to me, begin to realize what God's promises are for them if they just choose to go all in. That's right, for you. God's promises are not just for this big, ugly Aussie, but for you as well. It's incredible. Can you imagine what it's like to see friends and family come to that same realization? Wow, that's above and beyond. So my question to you is this. Will you choose to go all in for God? I'm just looking for a few. Your pastor's just looking for a few. True, visioneering people. You are just about people who have decided to go all in for God. You know, it's got nothing to do with your current bank balance, what job you do, whether you're in business, whether you're a single mum, whether you're a college student. 
doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. God's just looking for willing participants. Willing participants. Remember, the promise is, put God first, you can have the all. <laughs> At this kingdom way offering time we are in, can I ask, can I ask you, will you take this step? Will you take this step? Will you decide to finally trust God?